earlier this week and then i listened to this conference talk and it was like this opening here by president oaks was so great it seemed like right in line with what we were talking about and then i had a discussion at work yesterday about this kind of obliquely it's just an interesting topic to me Elder Holland. I mean, uh, Elder Oaks. Well, I mean, like you and I were chatting about it earlier this week, and then I listened to Elder President Oaks this talk from October 2018. Truth and the plan. And it was just right in line with what we were talking about already. I mean, not in line in like the sense of like doctrine. I just mean like topic wise. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to this a lot when circa 2018. And then I just recently listened to it because you brought it up. There's some obvious political actually he directly talks about politics but then he also has just some general well and this has been clarified many times like the apostles like they only teach truth and they only teach the ideal fully recognizing you know that a lot of us are not the ideal arguably the majority of us are not the ideal i mean single family homes or there's what is it it's over 50 percent of the churches oh it is over now i thought it was hovering around there yeah over 50 percent of the church is like single um you know just tons of different i could be wrong struggles yeah you know don't fit the quote-unquote ideal but that regardless the church is going to the apostles are going to teach nothing but truth which is actually really comforting. It is. It is. Well, All right, so, so what else did you... Well, okay, so we were talking about politics and principles, right? So like the argument of, of principles in politics and like if you were running for office and then this whole idea of compromise and then we were talking about um, politics in the in the membership of the church. So you've got the Mike Lees and the Mitt Romneys, right? And I think the catalyst for me on this topic was earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, I can't remember. A bunch of people coming out wanting to run against Mike Lee here in Utah as yeah. senator of from from the Republican Party, but also Mayor Jenny Wilson over here in a moment of truth. Gosh, I hate that lady. She's the worst. She's like, 
everybody, we should just not run a Democrat candidate and just put everybody support Mike Lee, all the, or not Mike Lee, um, Evan McMullen. So all the Democrats are going to vote for Evan McMullen if she had her way here in Utah, because we've, we've got to get Mike Lee out of there and she couldn't do it or she would no, she went up against Mitt Romney a few years ago. Yeah. And then she didn't make that and then settled for county mayor. And she's just been annoying all of our lives for her entire tenure mm. here in Salt Lake County. Yay. Yeah. But anyway, that gets into, so it got into, you know, the principal discussion and, and like the purpose of government's discussion. Yeah. But there was just a few lines here from President Oaks that were just really... I don't know, like on point to this very thing. Well, let's have it, son. Start at the top and proceed on. Tell us the highlights. All right, let's talk. Okay, so we live in a time of greatly expanded and disseminated information, but not all of this information is true, right? Okay, so this brings up like the concept of fake news or misinformation oh there's covid misinformation and people they've like taken it such an extreme of like misinformation is so bad that it has to be censored so anyway uh we need to be cautious as we seek truth and choose sources for that search we should not consider secular prominence or authority as qualified sources of truth we should be cautious about relying on information or advice offered by entertainment stars prominent athletes or anonymous internet sources expertise in one field should not be taken as expertise on truth in other subjects we should also be cautious about the motivation of the one who provides information that is why scriptures warn us against priestcraft see i didn't even think of that yeah motivations behind information falls under priestcraft so Historically, I've always thought of priestcraft as like someone setting themselves up as a light. So like this is a institute teacher who's, you know, the glory be mine. Look how amazing I am. Here's the gospel truth coming from me. Everybody look at me, praise me because I'm wonderful. Priestcraft. Or I'm selling the priesthood. Here, pay me X dollars and I'll confer the priesthood on you. Here we go. Well, I think think the definition I've always had in my mind is is what like a mix of the two concepts you just explained money in exchange for teaching of the gospel or right. learning about the gospel. So it's like, it's like us, if we were to start paying our Sunday school teachers or something, Oh, right. That, then priestcraft would arise. Well, right. So, I mean, this is similar, right? We, but, but I've never seen it applied to the political realm in this way. I just ever, I just kind of, bisected those things in my mind priestcraft Mm -hmm. was you know something that could be only done during you know in church or in the church religious realm roger that as opposed to like a political realm but i mean that does matter i mean all politicians want to get uh you know elected again so obviously their motivations are you know suspect to some degree but we were talking about how how do we make good decisions about politics or policies or whatever. And I had brought up earlier this week, you know, a couple of principles that I use. And then we got talking about principles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Verily. It's all these additional ways of being able to judge that. 
Okay, so principles to be able to make decisions, right? So, for example, oh, new bill, you know, house bill 237 or, you know, whatever. I don't know what it is. Make up something. And it's about, you know, some controversial topic or something. Oh, no. And it's like, well, how do I think about this bill? What's in it? And then, of course, the bill gets branded because it's controversial. So then, you know, one side says it's this, the other side says it's that. And it's like, okay, well, how do I distinguish truth or how do I know how to approach this or whatever? It's like, well, principle-based. So what I've historically done, and it's partly pragmatic, is I, I don't have time to go research every political issue that there is. I don't. I I don't do politics for a living. I'm not a political pundit. I don't do that for a living. I don't spend my day researching these political controversies that arise every news cycle. But I do want to be informed to some extent, and I do want to have you know uh, a general idea of what's what's happening. So this is interesting because you had an interesting counter argument which we can bring up here, but essentially it's like, well, okay, so I'm going to go research political pundits and I'm going to go research, you know, various politicians and see who's like closely aligned to my thinking. Right. So for example, Senator Rand Paul, right. Every time I listen to the guy, uh, you know, he's just speaking common sense to me and, and like, I enjoy what he says. I enjoy the fights that he, the Hills he wants to die on. Mm-hmm. So when he's speaking about a topic, I, I'm I'm pretty aware that he's most likely going to be in line with what I'm talking about. So there's really no need, or arguably there's lesser need maybe to go listen to you know uh, the op- opposing view just for the sake of having the opposing view. Like Rand Paul has done the research because that's his job, and so when then when he gives a political commentary on this thing. I can kind of take that to the bank and go like, okay, you know, he's got this opinion, he, you know, he's given me his remarks about, you know, the issue or the bill or whatever it is. Okay. That's fine. You know, but, and then I can jump over to another political pundit, Ben Shapiro. For the most part, I like Ben's analysis of things. So it's like, okay, I just listened to Rand, listen to Ben. Okay. I have a better idea of what's going on here, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. so that can kind of guide me so that I, I don't have to go out and research this for, you know, three days to figure out all the nuance and listen to everybody's opposing viewpoint and then come to like, like that's all needed to formulate an opinion or, or a process or where I stand. And I don't, and the other thing is I don't need to rehash my own principles every time a new topic comes up. True. At the same Definitely time. True. And this argument goes both sides of the aisle, like both sides of the aisle accuse the other side. And to a certain extent, there's truth to that accusation from both sides is that, you know, we have these talking heads in the political realm and we just, and this is what you brought up, I think. And yeah, I don't want to put words in your mouth, obviously, but no, go ahead. essentially, you know, am I, am I just adopting Rand and Ben's opinions just because, you know, I don't want to take the time. So, I, oh yeah, that's my opinion too. Oh yeah. So I'm not really thinking to myself. I've given that up and I'm just kind of like, oh, open my brain or in their opinion. Yeah, that's mine now. Yeah. 
so I'm parroting stuff or am I actually like thinking for myself? Mm. Yeah, because the danger I fear is uh, this sort of intellectual laziness that that happens to people, myself well, included. You were talking about tribalism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Amy Chua puts out this pretty good book called Political Tribes. I'm reading that. I started it. It's been a while since I've read it, so I can't remember a lot of her arguments and premises, but um, I just remember being like, oh yeah, this is, this just totally, this is totally, this totally happens. And, and there's, there's thought leaders. And if you're not paying attention, I, I listen to the Ben Shapiro show. Okay. I'm a fan. I, for the same reasons you just outlined, I completely agree that there's, it's like, well, like he is, he is so well read. He's spent way more time doing this than I have. He's getting paid buckets of cash to do this. So it's his full-time job. He's, you know, uh, uh, trained as a lawyer and everything else. And I find that I do a lot. A lot of his principles are the same principles that I align with. So it's like the same things that you're saying. And I do listen to the Ben Shapiro show a lot. But you, I notice at times when I'm paying attention enough that he, he just slips in constantly like he's, he's like telling you, the listener, how to think about it. He's telling you exactly what to think of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. With Ben in particular, I've noticed that as well. He he's in it, at least in his podcast. Yeah. Well, that's what he's more less his, his Sunday special interviews and less his speaking engagements. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Like his that. podcast, he just, um, I'll highlight this. He was, he reviewed a book and I was grateful cause I was like, Oh good. I don't want to read this book. Just tell me like, give me the highlights. Yeah. And he broke like all my rules for a book review, first of all. So I was really kind of annoyed with him. But he's reviewing this book. I can't remember what it's called. I want to say it was like it was like white guilt or some kind of because mm-hmm. of all, all white people are racist or I don't know what it was. It was this blockbuster like a year ago or two years ago and everybody was talking about it. But it was all just Ben saying how it was garbage. Yeah. Like gone was the facts, gone were the logic. Right. And I mean, no, he, he did have it, but it was like like you had to listen deeper into him, his review of it. And then he kind of brought up a few little points, but that was still inundated with, yeah, it's just total garbage. Oh my gosh. It's just garbage. And I was like, okay, that's great, Ben. Thanks for the adjectives. Um, Yeah. uh, He he labels stuff. He does. I I don't know if it's him getting into his older age. He's like, like, I don't want to sit here and defend every little thing. And I can understand that because that's exactly where we're coming from. It's like, I don't want to read every little thing. He's kind of like, there's so much going on that it's like, and in in some cases, it's sort of like a see my other rant 
on this right. episode about this right. whole topic, you know? And so he just kind of summarizes it by saying, you know, this person is a steaming pile of garbage or whatever. Right. <laughs> Human garbage, I think is, he says all the time. Well, like, for example, like, and we have to make those snap judgments. You can't just sit there and, and, and treat everybody's opinion like is this is equally yeah. uh, like worthy of my deep analysis. Like, for yeah. example, if if representative AOC gets up and starts talking, you can take it to the bank that it's dumb, and I I probably don't need to waste my time on it. Yeah. Well, exactly, and that's the thing. But again, that that foments that what I've just right. described is literally a type of tribalism because it's like, right. well, ah. so now Ben's a thought leader, and you're like, if you if you like it enough and you're like well this is you know this works for me and if all you're going to do is zero in on what ben has to say about everything then suddenly i'm the one suffering here ben's not suffering he's probably spot on and probably if you know he's probably right but it when when the these topics come up in conversation for me you know then i just kind of go oh that person like don't conservatives hate that person because I know right. that Ben Shapiro doesn't like him. Right. Or, you know, I, I become this just stool You look pigeon. like a sheep. I look like a sheep. Exactly. Because I'm sitting here listening to one, one narrowed view of the landscape. And it's probably spot on because of all the reasons we just said. But that doesn't help me to understand why or or understand at a deeper level and so it makes me dis it makes me lazy and because i'm lazy then i'm just this i just like listening to these thought leaders it's really it's i mean it was born from a good place you exactly. know it's like it's, well i'm trying to be practical about this, this. i want to be informed but I don't have time to just go, you know, I've got time here and there to listen to, you know, 10, 15 minutes of Ben's podcast. Okay, great. I'm going to go listen to, you know, five minutes of, you know, Dave Rubin's podcast. Then I'm going to listen to, you know, like you don't. Well, and we were talking about this too. We were talking about how you see different people in in our workplace or in our personal lives who are like very well-read individuals, very competent, intellectual, accomplished in their job. They're like seasoned and they like lay down really good solutions and answers. And you can tell they've done their homework on things, at, you know, in the workplace, for example. But then if the topic of politics kind of comes up, you see them just kind of like, swing for the t-ball and hit it and it's like this is the they're just parroting you yeah, know it's low-hanging fruit it's like what happened here yeah like you, you just, just got dumber somehow yeah you just like parroted the first thing with the cnn headline you know and it's like whoa i didn't expect you to be like just a a mere cnn headline reader or or you know you just took the title of the Tucker Carlson rant and decided that's what it was. I don't know. 
it seems so shallow. So, so they're so deep in this in some areas, and you see that, and you're privy to that, and you respect them and their opinion because you see that depth. But then all of a sudden, it just zaps to shallow when it, it goes to these political topics. And I think it's probably for the same reason, like we've just discussed. Like they don't have a lot of time either. And they're just catching the news that they can gather as well. Like all of us are in this constant state of misinformation and the, the it, <clears throat> it's really fueling the left right divide and it's i still think that most of america would actually have more in common with them with each other uh if we were all just kind of like studying this more in depth but so two ideas come to mind here. A few, well, years ago now, actually, when we started the politically minded handbook or manual, yeah. right? Our motivation yeah. when we did that was f- to help depth. us. What's that? Depth. Yeah, depth. Well, yeah, absolutely. Depth, of course. Also to have depth so for the purpose of interacting with our coworkers and to speak cogently with yep. our coworkers. And on the micro level, right, in our human interactions or our inter- daily interactions, you know, we want to interact with our coworkers, but we don't want to interact in like a contra or a, uh, you know, a fighting realm. It's like, a, right. I can't believe you. Right. You listen to that talking head. I listen to this talking head. Let's yeah. fight. Yeah, exactly. Ready, it's, go. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's Street Fighter, right? In, in the uh-huh. workplace or whatever. But we didn't want to do that. But at the same time, we do want to be able to discuss points in a in a, an accepting, tolerant manner. That was the motivation behind the manual, yeah, right? Totally agreed. And so we we would find articles that were in depth so that we could speak, because then it got broad, right? And this is what I have a hard time with Ben's. We're picking on Ben, but you know, whatever, that's fine. I mean, there's yeah. plenty of other pundits I listen to, but we're picking me on too. Ben. But his podcast, he what bothers me, another aspect that bothers me is he only focuses on like the most current, you know, news cycle or yeah. what's going on in the news cycle. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay. And I, I've heard his argument for that, you know, is essentially I want to point provide a, a conservative counter to all the mainstream media, but that's assuming then that I'm listening to CNN religiously. So then it would be refreshing like, Oh wow. Yeah. I'm listening to CNN. And then I go listen to Ben. It's like, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different. I can see that. But when I'm in a situation where it's like, I'm really not spending time listening to the counterpoints. I'm mainly just listening to Mm -hmm. Ben. Yeah. That's a problem. It, uh, It is. But also a lot of these political pundits, they go away from our purpose for the political manual because again one of our purposes as i recall was we want to for our our daily interactions with politics and these political pundits they speak at the big level the macro level they're looking at statistics huge swaths of the population population trends you know oh this like the the critical race theory right they're sounding mm-hmm. the alarm because mm-hmm. they're speaking so this ideology is being taught in public schools across the country they're not talking about you know mrs smith down in my third graders class here in you know middletown usa where i live they're talking broadly across the whole country yeah 
So I noticed this yesterday, actually, just as this discussion, and then I, a discussion I had yesterday at work, we we're talking about this, and I realized, see, we're getting all controversial immediately and forgetting that, you know, these are actually coworkers and friends and acquaintances. Mm-hmm. And here we are parroting like huge, or I am, or they are, or both of us, whatever, mm-hmm. are parroting huge macro level, level arguments. Yeah. Instead of like going for understanding just us. Mm-hmm. Us two people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I hate to point it out, but or sound like a broken record, but this is political tribalism. This is what this is. This is what happens. It's like, well, you know, I, I wear this jersey. I'm part of this tribe over here. Like, I really like what's going on with this online forum. Like, this is who I subscribe to. And the other person's like, well, I, I wear this color jersey. And, you know, you find... It's like that's not really helping, right? Because when you, at all. well, when you've got that mindset, and then an opposing viewpoint comes up, and depending on how that viewpoint is couched or expressed, you don't, you're not naturally open. Yeah, you're not, or or even how you act. It's like, no, I've got this jersey on. You're the bad guy. Exactly. It's a, automatically versus you. So I'm going to immediately reject whatever it was you're saying, even if what you were saying actually made sense. In actually made sense ways. or partially made sense or yeah, exactly like gone is the fact that actually, you know, you're, you know, a coworker or you're my friend or have right. been. And now suddenly, yeah, you know, exactly. And so it's hard. It's hard to approach it. Yeah, it's it's hard it to approach it because sometimes they're acting contentiously or slightly contentiously, and that just kind of tends to escalate this the conversation rather than de-escalate the conversation. So that's often difficult. Well, it's it makes it easier. It's kind of it's almost like you're in a situation where you're everybody's at sixty, so going from sixty to ninety is really easy as opposed to like oh, everybody's yeah. kind of hovering at 30. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost because of this constant tribalism that's kind of propagated by all this rhetoric that we're, we experience. Yeah. Everybody's dialed up to 11 all the time. Yeah. And so it's easy to make a quick jump and start, you know, accusing. And I think what that means, that's contention. Yes. That's, that's literally contention or, or it's simmering. Yeah, and ready to jump into contention as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, watching our interpersonal skills and saying, you know, okay, I'm cognizant of your feelings. I don't want you to feel like I'm attacking you. That's fine. Yeah. We can discuss this, but the relationship is more important. And that's yeah. very, very different that realm different and message. job than what Ben yes. does. Ben is in a political argument debate situation. Yeah. It's like he just listened to the CNN talking head go off on their rant, their evening rant, and he's responding to them. You right. Know? In the public sphere. That's yeah. very different than me talking to my coworker about stuff. Like, Yeah. Totally agree. That's right. Yeah. Because when you, well, when you've got that mindset and then 
an opposing viewpoint comes up and depending on how that viewpoint is couched or expressed, you don't, you're not naturally open. Yeah. You're not, or, or even how you act. It's like, no, I've got this Jersey on. You're the bad guy. Exactly. It's automatically. This is you. So I'm going to immediately reject whatever it was you're saying, even if what you were saying actually made sense in actually made sense or partially made sense or exactly like gone is the fact that actually, you know, you're, you know, a coworker or you're my friend or have been. And now suddenly, yeah, you know, exactly. So it's hard. It's hard to approach it. Yeah. It's, it's hard to approach it because sometimes they're acting contentiously or slightly contentiously. And that just kind of tends to escalate this, the conversation rather than de-escalate the conversation. So that's often difficult. Well, it's, it makes it easier. It's kind of, it's almost like you're in a situation where you're, everybody's at 60. So going from 60 to 90 is really easy as opposed to like, everybody's kind of hovering at 30. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost because of this constant tribalism that's kind of propagated by all this rhetoric that we're, we experience, yeah. everybody's dialed up to 11 all the time. Yeah. And so it's easy to make a quick jump and start, you know, accusing. And I think what that means, that's contention. Yes. That's, that's literally contention or, or it's simmering. Yeah. And ready to jump into contention as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, watching our interpersonal skills and saying, you know, okay, I'm cognizant of your feelings. I don't want you to feel like I'm attacking you. That's fine. Yeah. We can discuss this, but the relationship is more important. And that's yeah. a very, very different that realm different and message. job than what Ben yes. does. Ben is in a political argument debate situation. Yeah. It's like he just listened to the CNN talking head go off on their rant, their evening rant, and he's responding to them. You know? Right. In the public sphere. That's yeah. very different than me talking to my coworker about stuff. Like, Yeah, totally agree. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, but I mean, there's, there's, there's some principles that we still need to apply here. And at the same time, I think part of our motivation for the, the handbook, the you know, the politically minded handbook or manual was we want to do, we do want to listen to these pundits because they do have arguments and it like helps me to address situations. So for example, um, Ben talks about this with um, pronouns, right? That's kind of a hot button topic Mm. or generally I I actually have never encountered it. Oh, okay. That's not true. Just I, haven't really encountered it in any of my workplace stuff yet. Right. But Ben's like, okay, if I'm I'm speaking in a public realm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the correct pronouns for whatever. But again, if we're in a uh, interpersonal situation, obviously I'm gonna use whatever preferred pronouns you you are talking about because we're acquaintances. We're talking. That's just rude. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, as soon as he said that, it's like, see, this is this is the divide that we're talking about. That we, because I'm only listening to Ben and his, you know, debate political public image, uh-huh. like I'm starting to translate that into my interpersonal skills. Like, oh, I've got to go fight 
it's a good fight here on this mm-hmm. level, the grassroots level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, hold on now. Hold on. Yeah. These are, these are people too. Right. Right. We got to, lo- you know, hate the sin, not the sinner. As that saying goes, got to love is a, Which people. is a difficult, yeah, it's a difficult thing to navigate. It is. It is. You got to tease out and separate like, well, what is some dogma versus what is this, who is this person? And this talk really is good that you brought up because he talks about how to, I guess he doesn't really talk about too much about how to discuss with people, but he talks about seeking truth and understanding it. Well, I think it, principles-based, right? Like approaching politics in a principles-based manner. Like, I don't know all the nuances of this particular bill. However, right, I approach politics in this way. Why? Well, because it's from a principle base. Like, for example, the First Amendment, free speech. So when I approach this law, it's like, well, I want to err on the side of more freedom. I want to err on the side of you know, more people being able to speak, getting, be able, being able to say things, you know? So that's a principle that I'm holding to. And then I approach, I put on that lens when I approach a a political topic. So in the same realm, I think President Oaks has given us some, I mean, this is fantastic doctrine here to apply. It is. Here's this, um, here's this quote. He says, remember the principles, because it applies to what we were just saying about you know pronouns and stuff. Remember the principle of repentance made possible by the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. As Elder Neil A. Maxwell urged, don't be among those, quote, who would rather try to change the church than to change themselves, unquote. Like, in other words, you might be in, talking with somebody this is what I was trying to say earlier but I didn't really have the vocab they are espousing these ideas that are basically saying and this is why the church needs to change so at that point yeah like let's debate that because I disagree but so so now we're not talking about them personally we're talking about the basically the jersey that they're choosing to put on but if it's about like uh, somebody who is actually who does actually see that they are the ones that needs to change, that's a totally different conversation. I think. Yeah, I mean, this this gets into like sincerity, right? Genuineness. So I think, like, how are you approaching the conversation? Is it like I'm I'm approaching it like, oh, I'm trying to teach you something or tell you something, and you know, you listen and you're wrong, and you just sit there in your wrongness, you wrong person, you, or is it more like I'm approaching the conversation for understanding? In other words, I'm going to ask open-ended questions. I'm going to remember. I'm going to remember that people are more important than me being right. People are more important than me getting this point across and hammering it into your head because I'm right and you're wrong. 
And the relationship is more important than all of that. I mean, relationships are more important. So it's like, okay, I'm going to approach this conversation with this coworker and go, okay, let me understand your point of view. I'm going to ask open-ended questions. Them preaching their doctrine or their point of view or their opinion or whatever is not going to hurt me. Right, right. And 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 letting them express it fully is actually a really nice honor. You know, it's a really good selfless thing to do for somebody. Well, let them speak and let it drives them. home that even if you don't feel it in that moment necessarily, you espouse the principle that they are important intrinsically as a yes. person. Yeah. Because again, we're not talking on the huge macro 330 million right. population of the country. We're talking about just us here in this conversation, you know, with your coworker or your friend or even mm-hmm. a family member. It's like, yeah. I, I, I disagree with, you know, my sister or my brother or whoever. But yeah, so if they do approach you and they're starting to change, because I have a, a coworker who, who always, at any drop of the hat in the conversation, she'll just, see, this is why the church is so bad because they blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm. Like every time. So, but but again, it's. It's like, do I want to die on every single little thing that she's, do I want to die on that hill every time she brings up any little thing? No, of course not. The relationship's way more important than that. Yeah. And is it even really that big of a deal? I mean. Not really. Right. It's not like she's going to change your opinion about it. Yeah. And I'm not going to change hers. Right. I mean, it's not like I'm going to come out and be like, boom, here's logic and facts. Bam. Converted. Just like that. Yeah. Yeah we literally just described how it's like, no, everybody just puts their Jersey on and digs it in their heels all the more. That's, that's not really, it doesn't, it promotes tribalism. It promotes contention and division and it doesn't promote strengthening a relationship, even if it's a tertiary relationship, you know, yeah, something you don't really care all that much about. Right. I mean, people do this in their primary relationships all the time. I'm not married, but based on everybody I know who has been married, they they have. It's like, I just don't, you know, I don't approach my relationship with my spouse that way. I don't speak to her that way, mm-hmm. even when we have disagreements about things. It's the same principle. I, I The relationship is more important. The person is more important intrinsically just because they are a person and th- there is a relationship there. That's more important than... Well, I'm right and you're wrong. And this mm-hmm. is why. Yeah. <clears throat> well, all right. So, so that's the interpersonal and, and that is true, but there is also the macro level too. So I mean, we can talk about that. And I think president Oaks's comment at the beginning was valid to that point. Yes. It's like, well, look at the sources. I mean, because we can apply his principles to the sources we've brought up, right? Yep. I've actually noticed this. So on this one line, expertise in one field should not be taken as expertise in tru- on truth in all other subjects. So I, I think of Jordan Peterson, Dr. Peterson, when yeah. I read this line. Like Dr. Peterson, I I love a lot. I I think the man has spent 
Yeah, I mean, he has. There is no I think. He, he flat out has spent years and years of deep study about these topics. And I think from a genuine and sincere point of or frame of mind or a fr- approach. Um, but again, just because he has expertise in one field doesn't mean he has expertise on truth, in, you know, in, in all other fields. Right. I mean, he, uh, I listened to his podcast as well, and he often goes into religion. He talks all about the Bible and, and sometimes his opinions, you know, get in there and it's like, well, he, like, I don't know that everything you're saying is, I mean, I'm I'm not, I don't accept that everything he's saying is truth. Mostly it's like, oh, he's making a really good point right now. So, or something that I've never thought about. Jordan Peterson obviously is a very brainy individual. It's just very, he's a thinker. And so I swear half the stuff he says goes over my head because I'm like, I didn't even understand the words that you just used. Um, but then other times I totally understand what he's saying and it's really deep concept about relationships or about raising kids and it's like mixed with his own story or mixed with someone else's story and he's like talking about how he's getting in a fight on the playground and his mom sees it and was a great parent in that moment and just decided to let it ride instead of going in and intervening in this playground fight he was going to have he was going to have and it's like he I'm, I don't know. He's great most of the time. <laughs> well, Peterson. I mean, he's 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 an expert in a couple different fields. I mean, he's a practicing clinician and has been for years, decades. So he understands by training the interpersonal communication and relationships. And really, I mean, we're all people and we all have daily primary, secondary, tertiary relationships in which we deal all the time. So there's a lot of truth and and expertise to be gleaned from that. Um, I'm like, so, I mean, I guess I've found with some of these talking heads, if you will, I don't know that I put Dr. Peterson in that realm, but necessarily, but, um, What am I trying to describe? It's like, for the most part, I can kind of relax when I'm listening to him talk about a a given topic or whatever, meaning, okay, I'm going to this unknown situation here. You know, let me put up my, my filters in my mind to kind of, okay, let's not filters. That's, that's the wrong way to put it. In other words, I'm actively like translating whatever new information is coming in. It's like, okay, is this, I'm making judgments. I'm analyzing this. Okay. This is coming in. Is this correct? Is this appropriate? What's happening? And with 
you know, for example, Senator Mike Lee, when he's sitting there talking about the budget and how, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to have a a budget or a constitutional amendment for, you know, a budget. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I can kind of, I, I don't need to be so strict with like, okay, is he, what's he saying is correct. It's like, yeah, we're, we're you know, this is, let's listen to this yeah. as opposed to like, you know, somebody who's wearing the other Jersey. Trevor Noah <laughs> going on about, uh, yeah. Trevor Noah, like, some- He'll say some stuff and you're like, oh, okay, he's good. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when the conservative side finds some Democrat talking head that like kind of gets it right. And they're all excited about, oh, look here, let me share this Bill Maher quote. See, he's like defending the the freedom of speech. Oh yeah. yeah, Look at this. They post it. But then like the bulk of what he says is nonsense and garbage. And it's like, But then every once in a while, he gets it right. It's the same thing with Trevor Noah. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you were going along and you were saying like a few sentences that were making sense. And now, oh, no, no, no. And now, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And I really enjoyed his rant on uh, Biden Google. recently. No. Oh, well, I haven't heard it. But privacy and Google ads and Facebook and some of that controversy, he he mirrors a lot of my own opinions. So I was like, yeah. Nice. It's kind of refreshing to know that I don't disagree with everything Trevor Noah has to say. I think it's, for me personally, this is a, a, a big reason to have the political handbook that you and I started. Because for me... That's the difference between being a sheep, you know, sheeple, or being a person who's thinking for myself and independently reasoning for myself. Like, if I'm able to hear the content, read the content, whatever it may be, listen, and then I pull up a blank document in this note-taking software and I start writing for myself my thoughts... Now I'm actually engaging with the content and, you know, walking through. You're breaking up there a little bit. Say it again. Well. Like you had a blank piece of paper and you were writing it down. Yeah. You pull up a blank document and, and you, you say, well, what am I, what am I learning from this? First of all, and then what are they not saying, you know? Well, how come they didn't talk about this aspect? You know, like with this recently for me, it's really good exercise for me recently with Ukraine, because before the war broke out over there, um, there's just all this hearsay. There's like all this, all these opinions going around. What's Putin's motivations? What are the facts? How are they contributing to this? story and it was very interesting the more i dug the more i learned and the more i uh and i tried to just get information from as many sources as i could get and then i would just i would i write them down i was researching you know i'm like putting down what somebody said and here's a source here's a link to the to the area 
that I got it from and, you know, measure that against a couple other sources talking about this same subject. And it was not easy. It, it was in spare moments, you know, as I was sitting watching my daughter play in the uh, playpen, you know, at Thanksgiving point or something for a few hours or, you know, late later at night before going to sleep, kind of just keep watching some videos and then pull up my note on Ukraine and Russia and keep adding to it. And the whole thing just keep get, kept gathering. And then, and then I'd be driving to work and I'd be like, wait a second, like what about this? And I'd like write the question down. And it's just like this process of constantly like in spare moments thinking about it. And that's, to me, that's like, I don't have that time to do that on every topic like we've already discussed, but it is nice to be able to do it on a topic to kind of remind myself of the importance of researching things for myself and not just hearing and hearing and hearing stuff and just parroting what they say and believing that that's how things are. It's just refreshing to have the whole story or to try to get the whole story because that's all I'm really interested in. Just like Elder Oaks talks about, it's truth. I just want the truth. And it's so fascinating because the lens through which you choose to view history or to study history affects the truth that you're going to see from that era. You know, you might be reading a history book, but depending on the author and depending on the values of that author and what they want to emphasize from the story, you're going to come away with a different set of bullet points about what the truth is. And much like that story where we're, we're just, we're hearing, you know, the three blind men describing an elephant. It's like, Oh, an elephant is like a rope. Oh, an elephant is like a tree trunk. Oh, an elephant is like a snake, right? They're describing different aspects of the truth. It's the truth that they are seeing. That they're investigating and arguably we're all blind because we can't see the whole thing. I wasn't there in history. You know, I wasn't there uh, back in, in, in Soviet Russia when the Soviet Union was broken up. I don't know all the details that happened there. I don't know all of the country relations and the national international politics with each player in that story. I don't know the truth, but well, and there's no buts. There's no acceptable substitute for not knowing that. So you just have to pick like which lesser substitute you're willing to go with. It's really pretty unfortunate, you know? I agree. I mean, it is unfortunate. We have to go research and dig and, and the truth's not just readily there. I mean, well, I don't know. We don't, we have finite resources, right? So we're going to choose topics where we're going to research. And when we research it, we have to find and research, or excuse me, we, we locate good sources, right? This is the judgments we have to make. And I remember learning this, you know, 
slowly through grade school and high school and everything. It's like, okay, well, how do you tell if this is a good source? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, they they cite other sources. Okay, that's a that's a flag or a indicator mm-hmm. that it's a, a a genuine or a good source, right? I mean, we get this in academic writing all the time. However, you know, there's arguments to be made against that, of course. Yeah, of course. But but you start well, like it's the same thing when we were when the internet was first coming out, right? Oh well, how do you know if this is a genuine website? Well, are there a ton of ads on it? You know? Yeah. Is there malware? You know, you like does it look professional? Like that's not none of these any of these indicators are a rule unto themselves, but it's the combination of all of them. Yeah. So it's the same thing. We have principles, right? It's like, okay, well, I believe in the First Amendment. I think people should be able to say things, even if they're wrong or whatever. You know, we get to speak in this country. So then when I go and approach a topic, right, I go into this and I pull up a article from whoever magazine and I start reading it about, you know, Ukraine. You know, and then they start ragging on the First Amendment, or they go contrary to that principle of like, well, the First Amendment. You know, we need to we need to censor. See, this is why there's just so much misinformation about Ukraine. We need to start censoring these people with their bad opinions. And it's like, whoa, wait, what? See, now, now I can go. Okay, this article may not be a good source for me to go find truth about the Ukraine Russia situation because it's now violated one of these principles that I'm holding and and using to approach topics. I mean, we were taught to seek truth and learning, you know, from the best books. Well, it it can be difficult to ascertain those books, especially now. Especially now. President Oaks, he said it in the opening, basically opening line here. Yeah. Um, We live in a, in a time of greatly expanded and disseminated information. I mean, that's, 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 I mean, it's like perfectly describes right now. I mean, there's a ridiculous, we know so much about so much, but on top of that, it's not just that we know so much about so much. It's also can be disseminated so abundantly. Yeah. But not all of this information is true. And he defines truth. Modern revelation defines truth as a knowledge of things as they are and as they were and as they are to come. And there's no qualifiers there. Right. You know, there's no qualifiers like, oh, well, knowledge of things as, as they really are, you know, because everybody's going to take that. Oh, like, well, how, well, that's not really how it is or whatever. Or that's not really how it was. But there's no qualifiers. Knowledge of things as they are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this the this happens a lot. This concept I can give a, a decent example of of the lens problem through which you choose to view history. You, you like the other day I was on the I was listening to the news and they're just like you're breaking up there oh well I'm kind of pausing a lot oh yeah uh, I'm listening to the news and this story comes on 
I listen to the news on the way home. I listen to KSL News Radio. It's pretty good because it's succinct. It's the podcast, so I don't get a lot of their commercials. So I can actually get the news, of the con- the content of the news or the highlights for the most part on the drive home. And they're like, West Valley City man stabs another man. You know? And it's like... Yeah. He's probably next in my neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just like, and that's where they leave it. You know? No other details. No other information. No other truth about the situation. Because yeah. there's a lot of truth and facts that they probably know that they're they're choosing to leave out either for the sake of time or the sake of political correctness. And I'm not sure which one it is or what, but all I'm given to know is that, you know, but but the interesting thing is that if you're not paying attention to this phenomenon, this, whatever reasons KSL chose to leave out information, they decided to still just say that um, one man stabbed another man. And so the picture that I start to paint in my mind, if I'm not paying attention, if I'm just kind of listening to this is like horror, like what? Like some random guy was like going to lunch with another guy and just decided to stab him in West Valley city in West Valley city, the nicest place. Like why, how does this happen? Like my whole world picture tends to start crumbling in fear because I'm like, there's pandemonium on the loose. Like people are just randomly stabbing each other. Like, but you have to just like, no, it's. Well, you take that and you may not blow up right in that moment, but over like years of hearing little things like that. Right. Oh man. Stabbing West Valley city suddenly now. And it does. It's literal. It's true. Everybody here knows West Valley city is like the crime area. Like you just don't really want to go there that much. Right. Right. And I mean the I what I'm trying to what I'm trying to get at is is this concept of truth and how knowing the truth actually ten, is very good. It's a very good thing because it's like I I don't know what the facts are of this story because KSL decided to leave leave them out, but if I had to make up some that could help the understanding of the situation and not not to believe that there's pandemonium on the streets everywhere that people are just randomly stabbing each other is that you know maybe there's there was a robbery they were driving away from robbery and one guy was uh going for the loot and the other guy turned on him or something or maybe they were on drugs or maybe you know it was a heated they were angry because of a fight about one guy one guy's wife cheating on him or something i don't know like there's like all manner of additional facts that could help my understanding of the situation and it's like oh not the world makes sense again okay like there's an explanation for this and so knowing the truth helps it's kind of like when people get up and say oh look out for this otherwise like, th- I know somebody whose marriage ended in divorce because this happened. 
And it's like, and that's all you get. Like, you know. Oh, no. Well, that one thing did it. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. But. You're left with this this story of, and you're left, the only conclusion is just to fear every time you see, you know, that thing that they described. And I'm not being very specific, but the point is, the point is you don't know the whole story. And sometimes when you do know the whole story, it's like, it all makes sense. You know, you don't need to fear anymore. Right. Because now you understand. And that's the thing with, with uh, the news constantly is that you're never getting the whole truth. And sometimes the newscasters, most of the time probably don't know the whole truth, right? They get a news, a police report and the police have to leave certain things out. And so you just get this information just like sixth hand and it's a serious problem when you're trying to listen to the news and when you're trying to understand truth. I've noticed there's a lot of blending that's happened over the years. Like there used to be a definitive, Oh, this is the opinion section. Oh, this is the news section. Right. And and they at least attempted to say, okay, you know, I'm reporting the facts may not be all the facts because, you know, the, the, the story's still breaking, you know, more updates as we, as we, you know, progress through this situation or whatever. Right. But, but those, that was news as opposed to, oh, here's, and now over to, you know, our segment about, you know, political commentary and here's the opinions and stuff. And then, you know, whatever. And you and I had talked about this about like, the rise of the long form yeah right? as opposed to like a lot of the news now it's like political news especially is you know somebody gets up there they say some controversial point of view oh so and so said it and then i have expert so and so expert a and expert b hey expert a what did you think about this and i'm leading it's a leading question yeah. first off yeah and then they have you know 30 seconds to make some inflammatory remarks about it and then oh oh i've got to cut you off no uh, okay now uh you know expert yeah. b what what and then again another leading question that doesn't actually address the first person's question but yeah. then of course you know expert a insulted expert b before they even spoke so now expert b's going to jump in and attack exhibit or expert a a little bit and then try and drive their home and then you watch that and that's kind of the the news now as opposed to you know, oh, you know, a dam broke. Well, why did the dam break? Well, the dam broke because there was, you know, some cracking due to, you know, some kids lit off an explosive, you know, like yeah. facts, like, okay, exactly. here's the, these are the things that transpired that we know. We don't know if this happened. We don't know if that happened. So we're not going to conjecture, but here's some other facts. Do with it what you will. Now it's like, well, I'm now I'm trying to shape Yes. So, so that yes. it seems I don't know, but it seems like those were a lot more divided. Those two things, and now they seem to have blended, so that the news is now. Oh, I'm reporting. It's like, oh well, you know, the dam broke, and this is this is because government doesn't pay for infrastructure. We need to have more spending on infrastructure, and blah blah blah. Because, and it's like, well, wait, the news story was about this dam breaking. 
and see all these people, their homes were flooded and blah, 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 which gets right. us into the topic of insurance and how the government needs to do more about insurance companies and policies and how they're right. trying to, you know, and that's natural disasters. And we need to have price controls in place, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I just wanted the information about the dam breaking, like mm-hmm. what was happening. Right. What happened to that? And so, right. but again, and that's all kind of blended and it's only covered in like a, you know, a 20 second slot. So it's like in our effort, it's like the, uh, I can't remember. I think it's which, which epistle it was in the new Testament, but it's, it's the Athenians, I think, or the Greeks, but they were always looking for some new thing. Yeah. And, and so it's like, and that's like Twitter. It's like, we're always looking for some new thing instead of like, let's talk about this topic and continue to talk about it because it's important. And so I think like, for example, the the tsunami and volcano or earthquake, excuse me, in Tonga. Like there was an initial kind of flurry about it. And now it's like I can't find any articles about updates about the stuff at all. I can't, I can't. Yeah. I have to go search for news to find out about what's happening in Tonga. Like, did the whole island get flooded? What happened? Is it okay yeah. now? Like, who's showing up with stuff? Australia's sending a, a medical vessel. I didn't even know. Apparently, medical vessels, sorry, totally tangential, they can desalinate ocean water on site. Yeah. It's rad. <laughs> it is I had rad. no idea. Can do and they can amazing. do it's like some uh, astronomical number of gallons, it's like 44,000 gallons or something a day in a day. I'm like, that is ridiculously cool. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it's expensive, but, but this is, sorry, that was totally tangential, but it's just difficult. And you see the rise of the long form. It's like, I want to see how this, because, okay, I have finite time. Who's going to be speaking? Well, who's interviewing? Well, it's Dave Rubin, common or intermediating between Ben Shapiro, Eric Weinstein, and Jordan Peterson. That's a conversation I want to watch and hear and listen to, like the whole thing. Yeah. What they have to say, I want to hear it. Similarly with like President Oaks, general conference, right? President Oaks is going to give a talk. It's 15 minutes long. That is not a 30-second quip here and there. Oh, yeah. Ooh, political points, jab, jab, punch. Oh, look. And then we get the headlines. Oh, Ben Shapiro destroys liberal talking head. Yeah, you know, clickbait stuff. It's like, no, actually, there's a lot of information here that I've got to think about. I'm going to go read it again. I'm going to go look for the transcript. I'm going to read the transcript and spend my finite time on this topic because I thought it was important. I'm going to engage my mental faculties. Exactly. And that's where you, you brought this up earlier. You said... I have to go search now for things about Tonga, which I admit I agree with you is unfortunate that the news cycle like seems to completely forget what they talked about yesterday and will never follow up. They, it seems they will never follow up on their previous stories. It's, and it's really lame, but some people have reported on what the results are and what's going on in Tonga. And you can find them. You, you just have to be assertive about it. And that's the other thing. Right. Going right. back to, uh, you know, engaging with this content on your own terms, writing things down so that just to keep your own sanity for crying out loud. 
just to, seriously so that you're like well, what what did i hear yesterday <laughs> and and what's the rest of the story today like and get some closure on all these these topics well my own personal experience right i, I think it's similar to what you were describing I, several years ago i was mainly listening to national news and it was really depressing because like i'd only have a certain amount you know i'd have 15 minutes here 10 minutes there you know maybe a, a part of a lunch lunch hour right and so i'd kind of hit some articles read their headlines oh that's interesting okay and start kind of browsing through the article but again it, overall it was starting to paint this picture of just like oh the country's going to hell in a handbasket oh oh and so then it's just like oh just that's just depressing ah oh. so then i went away from that because it was like you know what i don't i don't need this and so i i yes you know went into this realm of like local news let's just stick with local news yeah but even that's depressing because that's the stuff that sells and then that goes into what president oaks was talking about right here what's uh, we should also be cautious about the motivation of the one who provides the information. Yes. That is why the scriptures warn us about against priestcraft. If the source is anonymous or unknown, the information may also be suspect. Our personal decisions should be based on information from sources that are qualified on the subject and free from selfish motivations. It's like, well, you're a news agency. You are wanting to get headlines. You want people yeah. to come and click on your stuff. So what's your headline going to be? Well, it's going to be as clickbaity as possible. It's, it's going to be as controversial as possible. As possible. Yep, Ooh, what? What? What happened? Click. Yeah. You know, and how many times have I actually clicked on an article? It drives me nuts. Desert News does it all the time. It drives me absolutely bonkers. They have a headline and you click on it and then you get to the actual article and the headline changes. Oh my gosh, I know. And that then you start happens. reading the article and the article doesn't address the actual headline question of either headline, like the one you clicked on or the headline above it. It doesn't address any of those questions. Yep. And it, and it's so obnoxious. I used to blame the author the, the article, the column writer, whatever reporter. And then I learned that the reporter has no control over their own headline. And yeah. that's usually the editor in chief or somebody up at the top who does this crap. Um, to your point with uh, sources of information and measuring them, well, that's what we've been talking about this whole time, but Tiff, Tiff and I recently, and it keeps coming up, we continually comment on how Wikipedia, when we were in school, like grade school and into high school, it was like, no, 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 like Wikipedia, like anybody can write that stuff. Like you don't want to, you don't want to trust Wikipedia. Call, like, my college professor flat out said, you cannot use Wikipedia for this paper, this research right. paper. Like that was like a, a, a known thing. Yes. And obviously if you're going to do some kind of academic writing today, yeah, you probably need to dig deeper than Wikipedia. But I have, we have been enjoying Wikipedia so much. Like, <laughs> Because Wikipedia, I don't want to get all hippie here. Well, it's a great right? starting point. It's 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 more than a starting point. I agree. It's a great starting point. It's also a great like middle point because, like, because of exactly what you're talking about. All the clickbait, all the the 
the crazy headlines and the controversial nature of everything out on the in the news cycle. And it used to be that Wikipedia used to be like really one number one or number two often in search results. That's no longer the case, right? Because of everybody's SEO and everybody marketing and vying for that that attention market. But if you just type Wikipedia into the search, it'll be still be the number one result. And they are very well written articles pulling in, quoting sources, quoting people, telling an actual story from A to Z or from A to F, if that's all the story is right now. Right, right. <laughs> but it actually gives you like a like a synopsis and answers a lot of the questions that you might be having. Instead, when you read these news articles, they just they just start at point A and then skip to F and then leave out everything in between. And it's so frustrating. So you're right. It does make it a really good starting point, Wikipedia. But I've, I've, I've also, with the Ukraine-Russia thing, like it also pulls in all this history and links to other pages full of history. And That know, is where the value of Wikipedia is, is it gives all these sources. So it's like, I don't, I don't have to take your word for it. And yeah. I can go review all these other articles. If I want by. to. Exactly. You can keep going and keep learning based on your level of ignorance about the topic. And there's no other tool designed like that, I swear. News cycles, tr- news uh, agencies try to do it. They link to their own articles that they may have published, but that's like maybe one that they've also written about a similar topic. And And I find that the communities on Wikipedia are actually hotly contested. People debate these articles about what should be written in them and what shouldn't be. And they get flagged if they are if there's too few reviewers and the, it works off of a reputation system it's actually quasi pretty, peer review quasi peer no it is it's full on peer review and peer review based on their credibility measured by wikipedia you know their history of edits and their history of moderating with wikipedia on their account and stuff and so it I understand that yes, it's still susceptible to um, to abuse and to malicious yeah. intent. Would you say propaganda? Propaganda, of course. But sure. but everything but is. It appears to yeah, exactly. Freaking, it's it seems to be way more trustworthy in in this landscape today. And this is the Joe Rogan argument. I mean, they're all like. <laughs> Joe Rogan has a few doctors on his podcast, interviews him, and like suddenly he blows up. Everybody's attacking him because he's like, well, you're getting your advice from Joe Rogan. He's not a credible source. He's just some podcaster. And it's like, uh, who, okay, who said that I thought Joe Rogan was my doctor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. First of all. Second of all, it's just him having a conversation with somebody. How is that any different than you know, a Wikipedia guy. Cause it's like what you're saying. Right. So like, I'm not an expert, but if I get on there and I start making edits and I start, you know, informing on a particular idea based on my own knowledge on Wikipedia, right. Based on my own edits, I'm going to start garnering a type of credibility. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a, well, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know anything about this topic, but it just seems like I don't have to have all the credentials to have correct information or to disseminate correct information. Exactly. Oh, I can't listen to you because you don't have a PhD in this exact field that you're saying. 
you don't have a PhD in this sentence that you just wrote about this topic. How yeah, dare you not have a PhD? It, I can't listen to you. You don't know what you're saying. It's interesting that everybody holds... Exactly. Exactly right. It's interesting that everybody holds Wikipedia to that standard, but they don't hold the news agency they frequent the most to that or standard. Or the Twitter that they well, read the it, other exactly. day. Exactly. It's like, dude, Wikipedia is actually way more credible than what I'm seeing repeated in this article. Yeah. I think Epic Times does a decent job in their articles. They have a clear division between opinion and the news, their news articles. Their news articles also, to me, have a flavor of, have more of a flavor of here's all the facts as opposed to like, oh, this is our point of view. Like, for example, there's so many articles I've read on KSL and Deseret News where, for example, they'll be talking about well, I'll just keep using Tonga, I guess, because I keep, or well, no, there was some flooding or something in Alabama or Georgia recently or something. Anyway, I can't remember. I'm probably misremembering. But they, they, they throw in these articles, these lines in there. Well, due to climate change, there's more flooding and blah, blah, blah. We'll see this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and then they go on with the article. Oh, you know, 17 neighborhoods were flooded with, you know, two feet of water or something. And it's like, wait, what now? See, that's, that's clearly you pushing some kind of idea yeah. by osmosis on me. And so now I've read, you know, 36 articles about, you know, flooding or hurricanes or tornadoes or something. And every single one of them mention, oh, well, because it's because of climate change. It's because of this nebulous idea that I've just come up with off yeah. the top of my head and haven't really yeah. fully explored. And I'm yeah. certainly not going to in this article. Because, exactly, because... <laughs> Unfortunately, I believe that these authors, a lot of these uh, supposed journalists are really just looking at this. They're just reading the news stories from other news agencies and pulling it in and saying, this is how this fits into the the worldview and the agenda that I'm constantly trying to push and that my boss wants me to push. You know, They are citing other journalists as sources rather than direct sources. Yeah. And then they pass that off as news. Yep. It's just, it's the, uh, it's the classic, um, what, maybe I'll call it the Denzel doctrine. <laughs> That's he, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he says, it's not, what is he, hang on, let me pull this up. It's brilliant. It right. It's brilliant. No, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, uh, yeah. So... If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. So the reporter asks, so what do you do? And Denzel's like, well, that's, the, that's a great question. What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be true anymore. So what, so what responsibility do you all have, he said, to tell the truth? Not just to be first, but to tell the truth. We live in a society now where it's just first. Who cares? Get it out there. We don't care who it hurts. We don't care who we destroy. We don't care if it's true. Just say it. Sell it. Anything you practice, you'll, you'll get good at, including BS. It's so true. So true. Yeah. Because the truth takes time. 
right? It takes thought. It takes effort. Yes. It takes, it's like, okay, yes. well, this thing happened. Okay. All the things that we've been but, talking about. But we don't have research. all the facts yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is another reason why I like the Epic Times because they'll do like, they'll come out with these infographics and it won't be, you know, day of because it can't be. But then, you know, a couple months into it, suddenly it's like, oh, hey, we put this infographic together. We've researched our team has researched this and here's an infographic and it's a timeline of whatever event. It's like, oh, wow, look at that. A, a ton of research. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes out a week later and you're like, you might. Oh, that's it. so old news. I know. It's, <laughs> we're it's, we're on it's, to new topics now. <laughs> so sad. When I catch myself thinking that, you know, like, oh, what? Ben Shapiro isn't talking about this because he's talking about what happened yesterday. Like, it's Which like, is unfortunate because, see, I've made the argument, I, or I've I've thought about this a lot. It's like I would like some of these intellectuals that we follow to like bend their will to a certain topic because I want to hear them talk about this topic. Yeah. But they're so busy commentating on you know the loaded, latest Twitter whatever scandal. You know what was it this week? Tulsi Gabbard and Mitt Romney. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, who cares? <laughs> like. Oh my gosh, who cares? Like for example, I've wanted I've wanted Dr. Peterson, Dennis Prager, Ben Shapiro to all like bend their incredible incredible intellects towards the Book of Mormon and legitimately go after it and yeah. like try and tear it apart. I just want to hear that discussion. I mean, Jordan has like Dr. Peterson has kind of talked about the the Bible. I think he's been kind of on this religious thing for the last probably year and a half or so, increasingly talking about religion and kind of the Bible in general and Christianity and that sort of thing. And that's all his own research, obviously. And he's kind of like talking about that. It's his trend has kind of been leaning that way lately. And um, it's funny because he was talking about like his fan base, if you will, or people followers or whatever. He'll get both like both Muslims and Christians going, why don't you just convert? Why don't you just convert? <laughs> you're, you're basically a Christian already, or you're basically a Muslim already. Like both sides are telling him this. It's so funny. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of doing the same thing to a certain extent, but I really would like to, to know because it kind of gets into what we were talking about, right? These good friends that we know that are intellectuals. And then suddenly we get onto a political topic and it's like, they get really dumb. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember I Googled, or I did some search and stuff um, a little while back of like what Dennis Prager has said about the church. And I could only really find like a couple of instances and it was measured what Dennis said. And I appreciate it. And he, he, I mean, he focused like he does, he does, he focuses on what's true and, and correct principles, which I really appreciate. But again, it's like, I would have, I would love to have him like really actually deep dive into yeah. the Book of Mormon because he's studied the Torah his whole life. So has Ben. Right. I would love to hear them discuss that in in greater detail with their intellect and just I don't know. Anyway, but that's yeah. that's the thing, right? There's sorry that was tangential, but essentially, like, yeah, they're too busy talking about the latest Twitter feud or you know whatever latest happened in the in the news cycle that they're they're not putting their resources to well they are ben does you know he's got his short form uh program debunked that he does 
and he still does college lectures. Um, so that's still there. So does Jordan Peterson obviously does his are always long form. So that's good. But well, okay. So maybe not those ones. These are bad examples, but I'm talking to general news cycle. They're so busy talking about the latest thing that, and it's like the Tonga story. It's like, well, okay, that's not news anymore. <laughs> that wrapped up. We're out of here. It's like, well, actually that's all still news and it's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might not be catching everybody's eye, but it's like, anyway, I'm, I'm off in the well, now. But I think the message here is just continue to be intentional. Try to, try to engage with the content on your own terms and be intentional about how you spend your time consuming news and be assertive with it. Don't just like be a, you know, driven with the wind and tossed because you get way more out of it. If you intellectually are assertive and go get the information that your brain needs to make sense of the world instead of just the news, just bombarding you with whatever they think is important constantly. And this comes to the question of why, why is that important? Why is it important for me to go seek that out? Like for example, you going out, making a conscientious active effort to understand the Ukraine, Russia war situation. Yeah. Right. And president Oaks talks about this. The methods of science lead us to what we call scientific truth, but scientific truth is not the whole of life. Those who do not learn by study and also by faith limit their understanding of truth to what they can verify by scientific means that puts artificial limits on their pursuit of truth. Um, he goes on. We believe that the church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints has the fullness of the gospel of Christ, which gospel is the essence of truth and internal enlightenment. We find true and enduring joy. This is the why right here. Why should you do this? We find true and enduring joy by coming to know and acting upon the truth about who we are, the meaning of mortal life, and where we are going when we die. Those truths cannot be learned by scientific or secular methods entirely. I, I added entirely, but that's that's what he said. We, but that's the reason why. Why should you go seek out truth? Why should you actively get into some of these issues? Now, I'm not saying knowing the truth about the Ukraine Russia situation is going to be you know an eternal truth, but that's that's not really what I'm using it for. It's like, well, I'm actively seeking out the truth. I can't I can't know the truth of all topics, but there are topics that pique your interest for a reason. So go after them. Yeah. And we find true and enduring joy by coming to know and acting upon the truth yep. about who we are, the meaning of moral, et cetera. So it's like, yep. I'm going to find true and enduring joy by actively searching through these topics and finding the truth of them. Um, I think that it, it paints you in your mind. It gives you this, it changes your mind or your thoughts to a genuine, a sincerity as opposed to, you know, I'm just arguing for argument's sake because, you know, you're wearing that Jersey and I'm wearing this Jersey and I just want to like put you down as opposed to like, well, I want to investigate this. I want to know what's actually going on here. Mm -hmm. And that can be applied politically and also can be applied to, you know, detractors against the church, right? Oh, well, the church does this. See, this is the thing. The church 
see the church teaches uh, women to be, you know, subservient and all this jazz. I get, I hear this all the time. It drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah. Women in the priesthood movement. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well that's, that's fine. And let's hear your story. Sure. I think that's valid and I'm not going to invalidate your life experience, but it's like, I'm going to question your motives like president Oaks talks about where this information coming from not only that, but you're only quoting you're cherry picking and you're not getting the whole picture. You're also, you know, you're also, you're painting a picture of like, yes, you had a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah. You're mischaracterizing. And then you spread it across all this because there's plenty of women out there who have not had that experience. Right. And would argue against you and say, no, that's not true. So what is true? Then that gets into, well, this is my truth. And that's just another, in my view, that's just another way of saying, well, that's your dogmatic opinion. When you say, Ben Shapiro said this, you know, there's no such thing as my truth. There's your opinion, and then there's the truth. Now, at the same time, okay, well, what's the truth of the matter? Oh, well, I had this bad experience. Well, that was true, if I'm going to believe all women. <laughs> But if you're telling me your story, right? Okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to believe you. Okay, so this bad experience happened to you, right? Some bishop was a jerk, said something to you, and it was personal. It dealt with some personal issue, and you got offended or hurt or, I don't know, whatever, not taken seriously. And so you got a bad taste in your mouth. And then something similar happened again. And by the time you were 25, you'd had this series of really kind of partially traumatic or, or maybe fully traumatic experiences in your life. And now here you are, yeah, very anti-church. Yeah. Totally get it. And all of those yeah. things are true. Just yeah. go, I can see that, absolutely. But at the yeah. same time, is that the lived experience of everybody else? No. No. And also, there are they, you know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall throughout those experiences they've had. Well, maybe I wouldn't love to be a fly on the wall, but... I wonder if another pair of eyes could corroborate everything you're claiming, you know? How much of what you experienced was your own perception at the time? And, you know, at the end of the day, you can't just be a victim, you know, I'm a, I'm a victim of circumstance, it's not my fault I turned out this way. You know, this attitude doesn't get you anywhere. You have to take control of your own life and your own thoughts and what your own beliefs are. And nobody has the power to, to interfere with that. You know, you can't be controlled by what everybody else thinks and the way that people treat you and act upon you. Although I know it affects things, but anyway, now I'm getting off into the weeds about the specific story. Well, I think it takes some mental effort to actually, I think it takes a lot of mental effort to put aside. I don't know. Like for example, okay. If I'm, if I'm mad at, you know, this or that Bishop or I'm mad at the church or, you know, I've had all these bad experiences and that's kind of solidified over the years into this general Jersey that I'm wearing, which is I'm against the church or the church is bad. And I, you know, I put that Jersey on all the time. 
you know, and I've kind of painted myself into a corner and you stick with that, that, that uh, party line, if you will, that Jersey line. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm wearing this uniform. Um, it's difficult then to see a different perspective or even talk about or address a different perspective or even perceive that it's valid because yeah. you're just going to pick it apart. So if somebody starts sharing about how they've actually had a good experience and how, you know, yours and see, because it's so close to you, if someone, you know, quote unquote attacks, you know, your story or perhaps asks you about it, this is where we get, you know, movements like me too, or, or believe all women. Yeah. Cause it's like, because facts matter. So it's like, oh, okay, some, some woman makes a, an, a, you know, an accusation of rape or something. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, everybody's, that's a traumatic thing. Absolutely. And this is what we always do. Well, you know, we, you know, you open with, oh, well, that's really traumatic. But let's get into the facts. What, what actually happened? Where's the fly on the wall camera that we had? Like, what did he do? How was this interpreted? And we want to dissect it. And that feels like an invalidation. Well, of and course, because so you're this, questioning, you're yeah. questioning the, yeah. But what I'm, I think what I'm trying to advocate for is being able in your own mind to kind of divorce yourself from your own feelings about a given topic. So if like something's near and dear to you, and then you're going to talk about it with somebody else, it's like, oh, I, I, it gets to a point where you can't actually talk about it because you get so upset or you get so defensive or you get, so you can't actually understand new debt. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people who bring up the topic and they actually don't approach it very well or very sensitively. And they are either intentionally or unintentionally offensive to you. You know, I can't believe yeah. you just address it. And so it naturally gets your hackles up. Yeah. And so that's, that's on them. They obviously approached it incorrectly or poorly, but at the same time, I think we have a duty to kind of go, okay, when you can, because the emotional trauma is real, you've got to work through that personally. So can you get to a place where you can look at other, another, a different perspective and go, okay, is this everyone's experience? What's still correct? Um, one case in point is this uh, YouTuber influencer. Her name's uh, Chloe Roma. I think it's Chloe. It's Roma. Her channel's Roma Army. She's a men's rights advocate and she's female. It's just kind of odd. And she's, she's really witty, um, kind of crass. And she goes on about like statistics, mat, uh, mass statistics with guys, you know, um, the majority of suicides are men, you know, the majority of prisoners are men, the majority of bricklayers are men, this kind of macro level stuff, but also she gets into the personal stuff and, and you kind of, you have to glean like her own personal lived experience, which is interesting. Uh, the sister has been in severe physical abusive relationships with men, been raped, uh, beaten, restraining orders, court stuff. Like she's gone through a whole bunch of stuff mm. and she could easily, easily be anti-man, full third wave, fourth wave feminist, like hardcore mm. to the max, all men are the devil. And yet here she is out and out loud proud men's rights advocate interesting it's so interesting to me that she's even doing it and she's like diligent about it i mean 
YouTube's shut her channel down a few times and like she's wow like all these different things and she's like hardcore about it and she keeps going and she she's upfront about it. she's dealt with you know mental health um issues over her life and and she just keeps going and I think I just look at her like not that she's advocating for men's rights and I'm a man and oh thank you more I'm looking at her like you've overcome your own bias and you're able to yeah. see the whole argument you're able to adopt more truth based on the fact that it's true rather than rather than i'm hurt my feelings are overriding everything yeah and you're wrong and how do, and any attack that any any argument you make against me or my point of view is an attack on me personally and you're trying to invalidate mm. me as a person yeah it seems like a more mature perspective at the same more, time uh, I think when we approach a conversation, we want to approach it carefully so that we don't, we're not coming off as invalidating that person. Cause that's true. There are plenty of people who are not able to do that. And so it's like, well, we can't really discuss this without you getting offended or hurt. So I need to approach this carefully. And I think we all have that, but I'm not saying, oh, I'm, you know, we're some superior person levitating above everybody else. Like we each have our own little things like that. I've, that's happened to me. A ton of times like where i'm in a conversation we're going and then suddenly it kind of got personal there sir and nobody else knew that and it's like okay well i need to calm down here i'm getting dogmatic